From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's Q's in the News. I hit the wrong fucking button. Beefing <laughs> it. Big yep. beefer. <laughs> it works. It works, though. Yep. Okay, hitting, hitting the music now. <laughs> Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. This week, I am joined by escaped uh, child that was captured, Haley. She made it out. She's free. Yep. Hello. Hello. Yep. Unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> Sarge did not escape, so he is trapped in the South the South American jungles. However, the mysterious L did survive. Uh, and I don't know what the fuck my grades is talking about, my beautiful babies, but I'm back! I'm back! And Sarge is gone! Did the you not the see the movie? Do. No, God no. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, Why would I ever no. see that movie? No, I could no. send you a totally legal link if you're interested. Yeah, but I mean, does it at the end of it? Does it like re- reward me with ninety minutes worth of time, like that Justin Timberlake movie? Does it like put the time back on my clocks? Because <laughs> if not, I'm off that. And, and you'd be it'd be you'd be negative forty five minutes in that because that movie is actually two hours and fifteen minutes. It is holy holy smokes, really. I mean, I yeah. guess I, I I don't know. I know it's produced by some weirdo Christian production group the same people that Angel made the studios TV, the jesus tv show that's going to show up on uh the cw it, so but in my head christian production houses are still low budget terrible affairs uh so maybe they've got the budget now for a, a i mean jim cavizio for two hours 15 oh yeah it's not they did not have the budget to fight the fight scene was blanked out because i didn't even think of it till sarge mentioned it but they clearly didn't have the budget to have a fight scene I mean, that's fine. Wherever they were cutting quarters, it does not matter because that movie is going to be crossing the $100 million mark. Uh, if it hasn't already, then pretty soon and uh, trending upwards from there. Because I don't think that's included all of the pay it forward tickets that have allegedly been. Like, There's so many. For, but not necessarily claimed. Yeah. Fuck wild shit, man. Unreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it is. It's going to be very interesting to see if this thing is an actual, like, legitimate money-making success or if it's just a bizarre right-wing money laundering grift scheme where, like, the pay-it-forward stuff and all the studio stuff where they're, like, helping people get tickets. If it's actually something that, like, made them money or were they just trying to push this shit into the culture because they were just so desperate to have Well, I mean, at this point, it seems like it's going to be both, right? If they have a bunch of those tickets that haven't been claimed, but the, the movie is still already is about to cross like a hundred million dollars or more on an $18 million budget or whatever. Like that's an unmitigated success. Like regardless of the, the whether or not the other thing in the background is a grift, like the movie they produced and then put it in the theaters is just successful flat out. Oh yeah. Which is horrifying. Cause by all accounts, it's just like a pretty down the plate, boring, lightly conservative movie about a guy who's like, I'm a great cop. Or whatever, you know, like who you know, they're like, at almost nine million tickets sold on the pay it forward thing. <laughs> and yeah, that pays for the, the, the theater because I tried to get 
I, I, before I totally legally downloaded it, um, I did try to go to a theater near me and it was sold out, even though I know it wasn't actually fucking sold out because I sent you that photo of that guy who was tweeting himself in a theater near me. Yeah, and he's and- like, there's only two other people in here. And I checked and that one was also like sold out. Like they're fucking sold out and they're not actually sold out in some cases. I, I'm i sure some theaters are popping, you know, like that, you know, Prescott, Arizona theater is probably packed every day, but yeah, I mean, not I so much like, downtown Phoenix. You know, a lot of the, the sort of blue and on tinfoil hat sort of people are probably just like, oh, it's all some sort of big, you know, like nobody's actually seeing the movie and all this money is fake and all that. And I'm just like, God, I would love to believe that. But remember, like the passion was just like Ugh. successful on its face because it was appealing to an incredibly specific demographic that isn't normally catered to in a wide release motion picture. So like the fact that like you could come out with this, you know, sort of like oorah Republican message movie that's like not so down your throat with it that it will make like a regular person immediately throw up out of their eyeballs, but also like enough like especially on the back end like if you know who it's coming from like certainly enough message forward to get the actual devotees in there like i'm assuming that there's some places where this movie is actually like you you have bros coming out of this movie high-fiving and being like yeah i hate it when people traffic kids they did something they watched a movie so they did something yeah I the one thing I will say is when I left the theater, there were people talking about, oh, man, if I had kids now, I'd be terrified. So the, the movie really got across the idea that someone's going to just like swoop up with a van, scoop your kids up and take them away. And that's just that's just um, that's your lot in life in the world nowadays is that child abduction by strangers is omnipresent. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It certainly does happen sometimes, which is more than it ever should. And obviously that sucks. But uh, I mean, it's not exactly like uh, all over the place. Like there are just bands circling every neighborhood and every town, like just looking for wayward kids. So, yeah. Not a day goes by on my commute that I don't see some sort of abandoned big wheel or, you know, some like broken switch that hit clattered to the ground after some kid just got snatched up. It's like oh, seven, eight times, eight times a week with this shit. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're just you know, on the bus and your commute. And you're just like, you're just looking at the playground. You just see that empty swing, just swaying back and forth. And you're just like, God damn it. They did it again. Yeah. It's like that post I sent you where that guy was like, if you hear a kid crying in a supermarket, nine times out of 10, it's just a kid crying. But one time out of 10, that's a kid being trafficked and you should always check. And then there was like other kind of like red pill types being like if you fucking come up to me and talk to my kid i'm gonna shoot you so this will be fun this will be a fun little panic that we have for a while yeah. i mean i yeah, just love the idea of like uh like just right-wing lunatic on right-wing lunatic violence because <laughs> these idiots are dealing this a parent is dealing with a distressed child in public which is just how the parenting works and then you just have some nut who's like hey are these really your parents and then the guy's like what the fuck did you just say to my kid it just <laughs> just goes way downhill from there or like that that like twitter uh post that went viral that i wouldn't fault anyone for not knowing about uh because twitter but uh it was getting a lot of traction and i saw it where it was like a lady who got bamboozled because she saw an abandoned kid stranded on the side of the road so she got out of her car and there was some human traffickers using this child as human bait to fish for women to human traffic and i was like 
Okay, I mean, I guess that's possible. Like, I'm not saying that that's completely impossible. But what I am saying is that there are plenty of, like, adult male good Samaritans that might, like, see a kid wandering on the side of the road pull over and just, like, immediately call 911 from the car before even approaching and, like, going up. Like, there's a lot of ways for that to go wrong. Like, you're going to have some, like, big muscle dude pull over on his motorcycle. Like, he's got a gun on his hip because America. He walks up to the kid and he's just like, Hey, Buckaroo, you need a, you where's your adult? Are you all right? And then that kid's just going to be like, fuck out of here, chief. I'm fine. Like, get out of here. We got a thing going. Like, it's good. Motherfucker. You broke my character. And then he pulls out, like, a cigarette and starts ripping a butt. And he's like, oh, God damn it. I have to get back. Oh, you know how long it takes to read a... Per, like like wander around in the street in a way that looks believable, possible. <laughs> the, the kid's doing this whole like trying to get back in the zone to be a kid again for the next trafficking. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like two guys in like a van, like close enough to the action where they could abduct and stuff a person into this vehicle, but not so close to the action that you can see it. <laughs> right, and like behind like a bush or whatever. <laughs> Schrodinger's abduction van. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, everybody, like, all these conservatives, they really love, they're, they're, they're going into the way to, like, mythologize the idea of trafficking. Yes. <laughs> trafficking is, like, woke. It's whatever, it's whatever they want it to be that they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people moved into my neighborhood, and uh, I didn't mind too much because I'm a pretty forward-thinking guy, but uh, then they started trafficking all that heroin, and I was just like, you know what, I hate, I hate all trafficking. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, well, uh, that was supposed to be our first Bush topic, but we actually kind of turned it into our uh, our uh, just sort of like pre Bush fiesta. So let's go ahead and, uh, and, and sally forth to our amuse Bush. It's time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the amuse Bush. Uh, adding on to the whole uh, fun and frivolity of the nonsense around Sound of Freedom, uh, we've also had right-wing conspiracy theories around these movie theaters where people are like, oh, they broke the air conditioning to make it uncomfortable, or the sound quality of my AMC wasn't great. They were trying to prevent people from hearing. The power That's just the movie. <laughs> or I, I was fired for refusing to inject the chicken nuggets with this vial. <laughs> like it's well, just like they're just like yeah they passed all these vials to to employees it was like hey make sure to sprinkle this on the popcorn or you're fired and i was like no i'm an american patriot i don't know what's in this vial and then they analyze the vial for nanobots i'm pretty sure that was a, a troll a troll post but if oh person... i mean it, it hoodwinked a lot of people a lot of oh, real yeah. stupid people thought that was like absolutely the truth it was so funny yeah. i was like yeah. what are you talking about because again, that's like the perfect thing to get to, to bamboozle people because it simultaneously paints the opposition as incredibly smart and incredibly stupid. Like imagine if your plan was just like, we need to sneak these nanobots into the popcorn at movie theaters. How are we going to do that? So it's just like, hey, how about we put it in the the butter that we put on the popcorn already? And they're just like, shut up, Steve. <laughs> that's impossible. We need to make sure to hand out an individual vial to all of this. We need to put the power back in the American people's hands. <laughs> It's like it's exactly like the mules. It's like how can we rig these votes? I know by paying people ten dollars a ballot to put them in ballot boxes. Yeah. An elaborate network of lies that falls apart as soon as anyone starts talking. Sweet. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
it's a, it's a tradition thing. They're like, look, we know it's not the best way to get stuff done, but it's tradition, man. You know, like it's like it, it, it connects us to our ancestors, our ancestors of human traffickers and nanobot poisoners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, oh my God, these people—they're just just the absolute worst. And so from there, we also had the hero of the story that Jim Caviezel played, Tim Ballard. Um, he has been forced out of Operation Underground Railroad after a internal investigation uncovered that he was doing bad things inside the company, apparently. There was and- an investigation going on for a long time in Utah, like about their shady activities. Um, it seems like they've been getting investigated for a while because uh, it's a grift. And also... Uh, did you read that article where it was like talking to the employees that had former Operation Underground Railroad employees that had like defected and what the fuck is Operation Underground Railroad? His uh Tim Ballard's uh quote unquote anti trafficking organization. It's okay. a, I guess it's his grift. You'll you'll never guess my follow up question. Who the fuck is Tim Ballard? Tim Ballard is the uh, character is is the real person that Jim Caviezel plays in Sound of Freedom. He is the uh, ba- oh the the the, to- the totally the totally incredible super spy agent guy that saves all the traffic kids across the world like a reverse yeah. Carmen San Diego for kids. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> they do that in the movie. They really do. They show like a ship, and it's like it's going over here, and then it's going over here. <laughs> Do they do the Indiana Jones like line across a map? <laughs> they practically do. It's but it's like a real ship. It's that would have made it a little better. Honestly, show, that like, also, here's where all the kids go. That also would have made significant portions of the television show Game of Thrones better because man, towards the end of there, they got real sloppy with their positioning, and everybody was just like nightcrawler teleporting across the earth <laughs> to just be like, oh, these two characters need to have a personal talk. Oh, well, they'll just they're just together now. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, you're making a TV show, not a D&D campaign. You have to do a little, like, work. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just make up a goddamn mage that does teleportation or something. You have magic in your world. It's not that hard. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Uh, oh, but some a... of the, yeah. Some of those whistleblowers, though, that were coming out about, about Tim Ballard's organization were, like, talking about how, like, obviously they were not trained to do the stuff they were doing, and it was, like, traumatizing to the people that they quote-unquote tried to save but he some people said that like some of their mercenaries were like dipping into the product shocker i mean oh yeah knock me over with a feather yeah oh my god i i hope our listeners this shit should be fully fucking investigated like (laughs) it it seems like it, it seems like there's a lot going on here yeah also speaking of the sound quality of sound of freedom that being a conspiracy i think it's just that um jim caviezel is a mumble actor he mumbles when he t- he talks i can't understand a fucking word he's saying <laughs> he, he's inarticulate bane that's uh that's tim ballard in the movie just yeah <laughs> oh i think I, i'm not sure how much stuff of how much of his work i've seen i certainly never saw the passion plus that was in aramaic or whatever. have you ever seen the count of monte cristo The Highwaymen. <laughs> no, you should watch that one. It's hilarious. It's it's supposed to be an action movie, but it's. I think I saw the first two episodes of Person of Interest. That's the one with the computer that predicts crime, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I saw a couple of episodes of that. 
Where there, uh, my favorite caveat of that was so it's just like the computer just knows that this person is somehow involved in a future crime. They don't know what the crime is or anything. Mike, yeah, I we have to watch one of his movies for a bonus episode. I was watching the preview for it. He it was two years ago. It was called Infidel, and it's like if that if if Sound of Freedom was like anti Latino racism, the movie. This is anti Middle Eastern racism, the movie. Um, I'm, I was watching the preview for it and I, I'm excited to watch that one. We should watch that one. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Really uh, going is... on record as being pro racist movie. That's um, <laughs> it's <laughs> just, a, it's funny to watch the, she's like, my remember? song of the South. We got to watch it. It's <laughs> hilarious. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never believe how racist it is. <laughs> it's super racist. <laughs> You remember back in like two, you know, like Iraq war era, like people used to put the infidel sticker on their car. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've literally, it's that movie. It's that sticker in movie form. I need to see it. Oh, God. Jim Caviezel. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for the movie that's the, the, the skeleton with a skeletal hand d- doing the middle finger. <laughs> that's, that's the next, the next right wing bumper sticker I want to see as a movie. Skeletal Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, skeletal bird the movie <laughs> I, actually, I actually had somebody in the casino a, a few days ago they had a shirt that just said fuck your life university on it and the emblem of apparently of a fuck your life university was the skeletal bird and I was like man I haven't seen a skeletal bird in a dog's age that is definitely oh man so that means the people that I see with that are just graduated from that institution Apparently, yes. I had no idea. I thought I didn't know it was a higher educational thing. I just thought it was like a conservative dog whistle sort of nonsense, you know, like, hey, I know what you're about. And I'm about it, too. Yeah. I don't like some of my neighbors. And we could talk about why uh, in the privacy of behind closed doors. <laughs> Did you guys see the Operation Underground Railroad shirt they're sending? They're selling for the Sound of Freedom, like the Sound of Freedom shirt they're selling? The Considering never that three minutes ago I had to ask you yes. what that was, uh, I would have to say I probably haven't seen you, it. It's, it's Mike, say it. Yeah, never trust a pedophile is what the shirt says. It There's says probably... in big letters. Yeah, that, that's, Can you imagine wearing a shirt that says never trust a pedophile on it? Oh, my God. It feels can like punishment having... for a pedophile. Like can he was forced to wear the shirt. pedophile on any of your apparel at any moment for any time? Like... I don't think I I don't think context is going to matter. I feel like most people seeing you walking down the street are going to lock in on that particular word and either give you a wide berth or suddenly be coming up to give you some sound of freedom if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I did. I have seen someone in the wild wearing a "Kill Your Local Pedophile" shirt. Oh, so I see I, those at every Proud Boy rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they love that. Sh- they love that's like a Proud Boy like alternative merch that they have. They have like the Proud Boy logo with that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure that they really believe in that message until it turns out that it's their friend. Oh, or buddy. Or, or, or them. Yeah. They're just like, oh, no. Uh, I uh, like the shirt. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't abide by it. I like yeah. the message. Except sometimes not so much, you know. You're so, you're so real for that, L. That's so true. Yeah. Well, they put hormones in the water now. So 12 is a lot different <laughs> than it used to be back in the day. He screams, being handcuffed by an officer, complaining about how he is not above this particular aspect of the law or any aspect of the law. Yeah, I, I said it a billion times on this podcast. I think those people protest a little too much. You know, every time I'm seeing headlines about somebody getting pinched for a thing like that, it's just like local pastor and conservative goon Bob Smith was, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
Yep. No offense to our listeners named Bob Smith. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, offense to you. Well, not to yeah. you. No, no, no. No offense to you. Offense to your parents. If your last name is Smith, they need to make your first name something. I'm Chevrolet Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, your, your first name's going to pop if your last name is Smith, because you, otherwise you're just going to be incredibly boring. I mean, it's just the way this works. It's it's why America is currently unable to get all captivated by Trump's indictments because our our champion of justice, our bastion of freedom is literally named Jack Smith. Literally one of 10 trillion people with the name Jack Smith. Uh, cur- I'm sorry to tell you this, Mike, but you were full of shit. As always, I have to remind you that our pinnacle of manliness is named Elon Musk. And oh, right, of course, right, uh, right. Because this is our show and we are uh, bootlickers who love the man. We have to talk about Elon Musk. And uh, probably not mention his deformed penis uh, that you could ID immediately from having seen briefly for even just a moment in a lineup um, because it's so deformed. It's like a Hydra. Uh, it looks like Mecha Ghidorah because he's like <laughs> been tinkering with it anyway. Uh, so uh, I'll toss it over to Mike. Mike, what are we talking about uh, Elon Musk this week, aside from the fact that we love him? Uh, we love him because he made a he made a post about how Twitter is down fifty percent in profits, or it's losing money hand over fist compared to last year. It's just hemorrhaging cash, like you read about, because advertisers are fleeing and everything sucks. Which and, is and Mike Lindell is broke, so he can't keep shoveling money into all of his conservative lunacy. <laughs> oh my gosh, have you seen that he's auctioning off a bunch of my pillow like industrial products? Yes. Yeah. Well, I also saw that he was auctioning off like full pallets of my pillows for like you know ninety eight percent discount or whatever. And I was oh, like, fuck, look, I, I was like, that. look, I hate the man, but I would like a crate of my pillows. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I know. I, yeah, I could give them out guilt free to like myself, my friends, maybe some homeless folks. Homeless like, people, like, they yeah, could use absolutely. some. <laughs> yeah. How much is the pallet of pillows? We'll have to look into it. This will be this will right. be our this will be our. I don't want to, but that's yeah. This will be our. Tried to, to make them our pillow. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Our yes. exactly. pillow. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Who could have predicted that uh, scaring away all of your advertisers with a bunch of unpopular and horrifying business practices would uh, suddenly drain your revenue? So besides strange. everyone, who would have guessed <laughs> that? Besides literally everyone. Yeah, so after declaring that Twitter was hemorrhaging money hand over fist, Elon then gave out his first massive payments to his power users and a bunch of right-wing dickbags, I believe including Andrew Tate and other monsters, Yep, got piles of cash. Krasenstein. Yeah, Krasenstein. I feel like he's in, he's like in prison or like in jail awaiting he's trial out. for... He's waiting trial. But yeah. he's like for uh, it's like for I can't remember what he did, but he did something I remember was a crime. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, a crime that the right wing claims to hate. So strange, and that he bragged about how he was moving to Romania because that crime is harder to convict there. Did you see Liz Wheeler is canceling Andrew Tate right now? Uh, I don't know who Liz Wheeler is. Oh, you so. don't? Oh, never no, mind. I don't. No, I, I wish I knew who Liz Wheeler was. Oh, okay, she's like a right wing grifter type. Um, and she uh. She was like begging for Andrew Tate to be on her right wing crappy show, and he didn't. So now she's like, "We're canceling him." Anons, <laughs> look at him—he's a rapist. Did you guys know? <laughs> oh, so oh my god, so strange. I, I, I'm like every other right wing shitbag that the fucking tolerates that guy because he's fighting the Matrix, so these charges are trumped up. Bah, bah, bah. I just love that. And he's literally fighting ghosts in his jail cell. Cat turned did not get a payout. 
Oh yeah, our boy Cat Turd did not get one of the the luscious Elon payouts and posted a bunch of sad Cat Turd uh, tweets about how he wasn't getting those big bucks from Elon. And what 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 is the purpose of life even if one cannot get paid fat stacks for one's tweets? And he then today posted a thing <laughs> about yeah. <laughs> He posted a, like a, a somber message about how the five-year journey of being Cat Turd has had many twists and turns. But in many ways, Cat Turd saved me. In many ways, my internet persona of low-effort right-wing shill has truly reawakened myself. And I'm inspired by me, the online, the guy who's way too online. It's like, congratulations, Cat Turd. You're Why me by Cat Turd? That's going to, that's poetry right there. You oh, know? God. Yeah. The oh. five year journey of Cat Turd and, and how it changed him from being whoever he was before to looking like he's got like a, like a big toe for a head. Or Some maybe guy. Like a, or maybe, or maybe he is like a Diplo person, you know? Anyway. <sighs> yeah. what, a, what, a, what a goon. What a goon. And I don't mind mentioning that he looks weird because he's a monster. Get wrecked, yeah. loser. Oh yeah, he's he's the absolute fucking worst. I'm t- I'm tired of these ugly fuck Republican or <laughs> conservative conspiracy theory lunatics like platforming themselves on Twitter and getting traction. And they'll just be like talking about like alpha male male Chad shit, and then a picture of them will start circulating, and everybody will just conveniently ignore that they look like Quasimodo or whatever. It's fucking so dumb, and they're all they're never never missing a beat when it comes to being hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, with I, I follow the Andrew Tate alpha male, blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, you're massively overweight and hideous looking. You're nowhere near like the perfect human being. Like, calm down. Like, the, you're the opposite of like white supremacy. You're like white inferiority. Like, just back it back up. Really relax. Okay, speaking of people that are uh, not nearly as cool as they think they are, back to Elon Musk. I also, uh, did you hear that he's, uh, I, I, or maybe you guys talked about this last week, because uh, I totally listened to the show, I just forgot. For sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, did you see the, his, or, or see or hear his uh, lawsuit against the people that sued him when he was trying to back out of buying Twitter? Oh no, I haven't. I haven't heard about that, but it sounds incredible. It's like insane lunacy. So when he tried to back out of buying Twitter. Twitter secured this law firm that paddled his ass in court and made him go through with it, as we know. And then Twitter, as an organization, like, just before uh, having to turn it over to Elon Musk, paid them out their victory fee or whatever that was like $90 million. Then Musk took the reins, and now after all this time, he was looking back on it, he's just like, you know what? You guys didn't do enough to deserve that victory fee or whatever, so we're suing you. We're suing you for that $90 million. We're coming after you. We're suing you. And it's just like this law firm, Twitter secured them because they're specifically like the pros at this sort of litigation. So the fact that Elon Musk is taking a swing at them is like really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing more money into a fireplace. That's the thing is that there are. Uh, people always talk about this, how dealing with contract law in Delaware is the biggest nightmare in the legal world. So if you're actually going after a law firm that exists only to make sure that contracts from Delaware are enforced, you better when you come to the king, you best not miss because those people are fucking serious. So what, yeah, a, what, a, what a good week for our buddy Elon. You, lo- you love to see it. I'm very happy to hear that he's having such a good time because we love him. 
yes. uh, because he's great for content, you know? And <laughs> yeah. uh, at some point, it's, it, if we're ever going to become podcast millionaires, we're going to need content and we're going to need sponsors and we're going to need my pillow. I mean, not my pillow. We could do it without Our my pillow. pillow. Our <laughs> pillow. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's what we need to do. Not just buy one crate of those pillows. We need to buy all the crates of those pillows. And then we'll just rebrand them our pillow, and then we'll be the ones who are pillow millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll be the ones that have our our commercial our infomercials playing for four hour blocks between three a.m. and seven a.m. every every morning on your on your <laughs> on the high on the high number cable channels in your TV. That's my favorite time sorry, of day because he wasn't here for this episode. Only the three of us will be pillionaires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, enough pie in the sky thinking about having enough money to afford a single property in the United States. Uh, let us uh, go into our last boost topic for the week, which is RFK, uh, who I kind of only know a little bit about. I uh, certainly not, don't know why we're talking about it this week, uh, but that's what we have, Mike, here. Mike, why are we talking about this thing? Okay. Before, oh, uh, before we get to the special Arizona segment of the boosh, we have a special Arizona boosh. <laughs> yes. Uh so RFK Jr. decided to say really bad, awful, dumb things, which is what he usually does. But this week it was extra bad because he was explaining this week that COVID was a bioweapon that may have been made in a way that it didn't target Jewish people. That Jewish people would not be harmed by the COVID bioweapon as much as other races would be harmed by it. This is a like centuries old slander against Jewish people that they are Yikes. somehow somehow disease bearing monsters that are immune to their own diseases while they infect societies around them with said diseases. It's just the Jews did COVID. Yes, the Jews <laughs> did the COVID because why wouldn't they? They're the source of all the evil in the world. And My favorite thing about anti-Semitism is, uh, where's the beef? Like, why? Well, okay. Then, you know, he's probably got a lot of stuff rolling in that brain about Jewish people. So. Oh, like, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that, like, they've all got their stupid reasons or whatever, but I mean, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, it just seems, there's just so many of them, but they're so diverse, and you can just look around you and see that they're just as, like, a diverse lot as everybody, like saying that they control everything or they control banks or that they do this or they do that. It's just so insane because especially like they look very typically like the people who hate them, which is the most surprising part. Like in a lineup, you really wouldn't be able to tell. Bigotry is a little easier to like justify in terms of like the, like the logic process of somebody being stupid about a thing. If they're looking at something wildly different from them, I don't know. Anti-Semitism is just so stupid. All this bigotry is really stupid, but that was especially just like, it's it's like, look, I know you've never done anything to me and you look pretty much identical to me, but I hate you for no reason. Have either of you guys seen an RFK for president sticker in the wild yet? No, no, I have not. I'm looking forward to that rally because it's like, does anybody actually want him to be the president? Uh, Uh, Steve Bannon, I think that's about it. I think he just wants him to win the or like disrupt the vote, not actually win. Oh, I mean, yeah. Bannon actually that. looks like he just stepped out of a, w- a Waffle House and into a wind tunnel, and I don't like it. For those that don't know, this is an astroturfed like campaign. But oh yeah, this, yeah. This <laughs> is we're just vamping until Mike is done looking at his phone. Yeah, oh, no, 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 I'm no, just no. providing more information. <laughs> no, no, RFK is a fake candidate that 
was literally told to run by Steve Bannon. And it's very bizarre that Bannon, because Bannon really thinks himself to be this like super genius mastermind of political strategy and 7D chess and chaos theory and all this stuff. You can figure out his plan. You're just watching his show. It's like, oh, the RFK is the candidate because he's always on his show. That wasn't very subtle. Right. But but what what makes it so bizarre is it's just, why did he think RFK would have any appeal to Democrats after he talked for five minutes? Because his only appeal is the last name Kennedy. It's just, this guy has the last name Kennedy. Therefore, you as a Democrat would know that he is a good person. Well, maybe he's also an Adonis. Oh, yeah, yes. Especially (laughs) relative to his age. Those people love just being like, look how fit he is relative to his age, of course. (laughs) So shredded, but not as shredded as me in my prime, of course. Look at these pictures of these guns. Not as shredded (laughs) as edited Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the the doctor was the doctor when they were checking him out before he became president was surprised to find that uh, we also assumed he was overweight, but he just really had one huge abdominal muscle. Just it's just one incredible muscle that just gave him like superhuman levels of strength and power. That's why he appears to be slow and lumbering. He's like a Frankenstein. If he ever gets within range of you, then like, boy, howdy, kablamo. Oh, you're dead. You're, You're so dead. You have no idea. Oh, God. Just yeah, the, the whole, but the, the whole concept of this bizarre anti-vaxer, pro-Putin, just all of basically everything that Kennedy stands for is anathema in the Democratic Party. Like, so there were these uh, polls that were done bo- both on candidates and issues, and literally the only two things that were more popular than Joe Biden for Democratic primary voters were vaccines and Ukraine. So you bringing somebody into the fold who's like, I think vaccines are bullshit and Putin should win. It's like, yeah, the, that guy is just going to crush. It's just going to be like, oh, man, he's just stacking up delegates left and right. He's just dominating Biden. Ooh, I just I just don't understand. If you're going to run this guy, why did you not wait? And run him third party or something where he could, you could just use that Kennedy last name to maybe trick some people in the general election into siphoning some votes away from Biden. The no and, labels party. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no labels. But I, I get, but no labels as in Bannon's dumb grift. I would have thought that Bannon would be smarter than trying to run some weird nut in the Democratic primary where he's going to get no traction at all. What do you think? Okay, so what do you guys think is the numbers he's pulling? Well, he had the 20% poll that one time, but now he's probably closer to 10 or probably less. Didn't we think that much? Like, actually? No, I don't think we've actually seen any real polling since the the weird outlier 20% poll came out a million years ago. But he's, he's I mean, he's nothing. I mean, it, the... We literally had him and Maxine uh, Maxine uh, Watterson Williamson, whatever her last name is, who, who whose campaign director just came out and said this is a book tour. She's not actually trying to run for president. It's all bullshit. Fuck off. Like that's our Democratic primary is the anti-vax lunatic who thinks that the that the COVID that the Jews did the COVID and the the healing crystal chakra lady, and that's it. And the press. Oh, Marianne Williamson. Yeah, and, and the press is just trying to breathe life into it. And it's like, no, 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 it's, not, it's never going to happen. We, we, we've got nothing. You've got nothing and you deserve to have nothing. It's just ridiculous. Good day, and, sir. Uh, yes, I said good day. I'm running. 
uh, you would you would have more traction, and you could probably replace Kristen Cinema because she's she's getting out fundraised by the actual Democrat in the Arizona primary right now. Oh I yeah, he's that. blown smoke out of the water. Gallego, yes, Gallego. I love all these people who are just like, yeah, you know what? Now's my time. I'm going to run for president of the United States, and it's just like, who are you? And what Vivek are you ta- like? Ramsey. What are you talking about? Bashwami. I, I mean, even, even people that like whose names we know, like Joe Manchin, like people are talking about maybe him, him making a run for it, you know, maybe him giving it the old college try. And it's just like your average American, Joe, who? What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> who's that? What? There, I've been seeing these ads because Massachusetts has that bleed from New Hampshire. So we get these like New Hampshire based ads in Massachusetts. I've been seeing ads for this guy named uh, Doug Burnham for president. And the guy just, oh, my Lord, he just looks so creepy and weird. (laughs) Like, I just, I'm like, who told this guy? Apparently he was a governor somewhere because that's what it says on his, uh, it's just like Doug Burnham balanced budgets, Doug Burnham for president. And I'm just like, my God, I... I don't know who you are, and you look like some sort of AI nightmare fuel atrocity. Just, oh my God, I, I cannot, I, I just can't imagine. But some idiot got in this guy's ear and was like, hey, throw a couple million dollars into a fireplace. Maybe you could be president. And it's like, no, no, you can't. Well, there we go. RFK, King Nobody and a group of nobodies trying to run for president of the United States and not being really in contention because they're not Trump. Or the already president of the United States, or Trump's whipping boy, Rob DeSantis, or Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think on that note, it's time for us to transition into our wonderful succulent news segment. Let's do that. Let's get into the news. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's Q's in the news. He's a big orange Adonis with a one pack. Oh my God, running down the ramp under the jumbotron. It's Donald Trump. And we have to talk about him this week and every week until he or we die. So it is time for us to do that now. Let's rip the bandaid off. Mike, what's going on with Donald Trump this week? Oh, man. The the, the Trump death podcast will be quite possibly the greatest podcast we will ever. The funeral procession is going to be like, whew. I got to go to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, So basically, our boy Trump, uh, he received what is known as a target letter by Jack Smith, the the previously mentioned, very boringly named man, Jack Smith. And that target letter indicated that Trump is now um, is now being investigated for his actions on January 6th. And he had a few days to appear before a grand jury to give his side of the story if he wanted to. Otherwise, the grand jury is going to move forward without his testimony and we'll probably indict him for crimes related to January 6th. So we have um, the January 6th uh, crimes to go on top of the documents crimes to go on top of the Stormy Daniels crimes. And all of this is not even talking about the Georgia, uh, the Georgia investigation into him, which involves, uh, which also involves the full selectors, which we'll be talking about more as a subsection of this. So yes, Trump is looking at uh, an unending series of indictments, which is going to make the 2024 presidential campaign the most magical campaign you've ever seen. Because on one hand, you're going to have Joe Biden 
touring Pennsylvania, talking about his record as president. And then the media is going to smash cut to Donald Trump in a courtroom as witnesses are talking about the documents he stole or the uh, the insurrection he attempted to inflict upon the American capital to overturn his election or any of his other crimes. It is going to be the funniest thing in the world where... You're just going to have one guy in a courtroom or prison like all the time while the other guy is hitting the campaign trail, shaking hands and kissing babies and having QAnon posting, Joe Biden touched a child again today, that fucking pederast. Yeah. So uh, all of that fun stuff is going on and it's going to be uh, very much uh, delightful and bad. So... um, what has happened that is uh, exciting is that on top of these uh, Jack Smith uh, indictment things, we have the fact that the Georgia Supreme Court told Donald Trump, no, we're not stopping the uh, G- Georgia district attorney from her uh, charging you of crimes or her investigating you of those crimes. She can just go right ahead. The Georgia Supreme Court was like unanimous decision. Trump, no. You don't get to have this woman get off your back. She's allowed to be on your back for forever because that is what you deserve, you criminal scumbag. So don't do it, crimes. I mean, <laughs> as a president, generally, you know, what do you do? You? <laughs> Donald Trump was just living his best life, which involved lots of crimes, an unending, relentless series of crimes. Because the only people re- who should not be allowed to do crimes are elected officials. Everyone else, yeah. you do you. Everyone, everyone else, crime all you want. That's basically that's that's that that uh, the official political stance of the Hell World podcast is: if you're not an elected official, commit crime. Just yeah. crime. Most crimes are just crimes of poverty. So you know, you do you. Whatever. Yeah. This is yeah. not a don't um uh but you know ha- uh, asterisk you know. You know, this is not uh, legal in, uh, advice. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we and have asterisk. And quotation. <laughs> warning. This is legal advice because we <laughs> have all cleared the bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're the real legal eagles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It's that's me. Us. Yes. Oh, yeah. that guy is blowing up now. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> so many crimes happening, you know. He's got to explain things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he must feel like the way we felt uh, on January 7th every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, here we go. This is, Everyone needs to talk to us now because we're the ones who actually follow these lunatics as they attempted to end the American Republic because their orange daddy told them to. Oh, I'm in somber and mournful, you ghoul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's our MO, right? Yeah. Oh, God. So, we make a comedy show where we cover headline news topics in a very somber, mournful way. <laughs> we that's that's why we're exactly like Sound of Freedom. It's just two hours of dull sadness. That's that's, that's why I throw my all. hat in the ring. I think that they should let us do the eulogy for Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So also branching off of this whole fun and frivolity of Trump's impending indictments for his criminess, um. We had the first shoe drop in the in the in the phony electors uh, scandal that existed, because 
Um, the Republican Party, while they were trying to steal the election in a lot of different ways, one of the fun things they would do is they would create these slates of fake electors, quote unquote, certify them in sham ways and then be like, hey, fake electors, try to get before the uh, Congress when the Electoral College is being certified and see if you can just make Trump the president. And 16 fake electors in Michigan are now facing felony charges for attempting to pull this scam that's um, weird because it sounds like what you're describing would be tampering with an election which i believe if i mean i, I like let me take out my notes here conservators are supposed to be let me just flip this through my notes uh against <laughs> you also say. according to the rules of hell world uh elected officials are not allowed to do crimes so right Right. Again, we, we we made that very clear. Yeah, the uh, president could kill someone on, you know, out in the street. Just strangle them to death and they're fine. They're the president. They do whatever they want. Except for Joe Biden. He's not the real president. <laughs> so if he or his son or anyone he's ever known does a crime, it's headline news. For forever. Can you believe that Joe Biden's son, who's not an elected official, likes having parties with beautiful women? And doing Unreal. cocaine. Unfucking real. And doing cocaine. Maybe even at the White House. What a guy. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> just, no I've seen that dude's dick so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hunter Biden's mighty hog is apparently something Unsolicited. Are, Not uh, by Hunter Biden, by Republicans. Right. Republicans are like, <laughs> hey, have you seen Hunter Biden's penis yet? I'm like, no. They're like, here it is. I'm like, why are you showing me that? What is wrong with you? Why would I care? Wendy Rogers, uh, had to delete a post on Twitter because she shared an uh, Illuminati bot video that he had of like uh, flipping through photos of naked Hunter Biden and like zooming in on the cock and <laughs> and there's like a revenge porn law in Arizona that she may have violated with that um, there was some back and forth between lawyers on that one but she had to delete the post because it was like lady you're you're posting cock and you're an elected official. <laughs> I mean, just good general practice after the past couple of months, especially. Just avoid any video that has Illuminati spelled any type of way in the name of it. If <laughs> that's, you know, our, you know, that's our news. YouTube dramas. I love YouTube drama, but this isn't the right podcast for it, although it is great. Uh, yeah, so this, uh, so obviously, yes, of course, the fake elector thing, people actually trying to influence the outcome of the presidential election. And yes, of course, Republican, conservative, stooges, dumb fuck idiots that are obviously on the, the right side of the aisle, which is also ironically the wrong side, you know? <laughs> yeah. Has anyone ever thought of that before? Can we get Ben Garrison? <laughs> hey, Ben! I got a comic <laughs> idea for you. I got some you stuff were... for you to label in a cartoon. Yes. Boy, boy, howdy. You do love doing that, don't you, Ben? Dude, Come like, on, like but... a picture of the cartoon, right? On the one side, you have the right side of the aisle labeled also wrong side and that is labeled and then the aisle itself aisle because how else would you know <laughs> and then the whole thing it just says comic and then other side <laughs> I, I i'll have to find it but i think uh gary larson the far side uh comic he actually drew uh, drew something like that where he just mocked ben garrison's crippling label <laughs> disease just crushed him for it 
I love that guy, but the far side is one of those things that I, from my childhood, that I intentionally avoid because I was like, dude, when I was 11 years old into Spencer's Gifts, that stuff was slapping. I mean, it was hilarious. But I remember how those went in my head. And I'm like, if I ever go back and reread the material, I'm going to be like, oh, these aren't these aren't that funny at all. <laughs> this doesn't hold up at all. Exactly. So I try to keep it like a perfect. That's how I yeah. feel about early Garfield. In my mind, early Garfield had like something to say. I remember really liking it as a kid because <laughs> uh, I would read like the collections like at the Hallmark like store or whatever. Like you, they had the books that like collected it from beginning to. So I read like the first like three to four years worth of Garfield comics, and I thought they were great. That was just, like, oh, I love Garfield. But now as an adult, I'm just like. Garfield kind of always sucked, right? I'm like looking around and just being like, I don't know, man. I don't know it's if the I memes ever like that are Garfield. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, Garfield was like is like the perfect the perfect cultural creature that can only be improved. There is no okay. way to diminish the quality of it because it is already so low. <laughs> yes. Anything you do to a Garfield improves the Garfield. I had so a family it- member that was so obsessed with Garfield; her entire house was like Garfield stuff, like Garfield appliances, Garfield curtains garfield like toilet cover garfield you know salt and pepper shake everything like the, it was like a fucking nightmare of garfield so yeah i like garfield that would have been, been a great person to like that, like if they didn't know about garfield minus garfield to like get that book for them and just like sneak it into their house one day and just hope that they like stumbled across it. Where like, What's this? And like flipping through it, like maybe change, like get a new cover printed that doesn't say what it is. And they're like flipping through it. And they're just like losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is Garfield not in this Garfield comic? What is going on? What does I it all mean? Like, like a Junji Ito, Ito manga where they're just like hunched over reading this comic and the comic characters are gone and then like. The, the you can see all the looming Garfield merchandise in the background before so playful and happy and exuberant and filled with the life of somebody who loves them now bearing down on them relentlessly staring at their very soul making them question <laughs> everything they know about reality I want that vintage um, Garfield clock that like his eyes move and his tail tick tocks back and forth yeah, yeah I love that thing yeah. I have the Garfield uh, phone the, the like, oh, actual that's so yeah. sick See Garfield, good merch. Good, dude. Like I shopped, I shopped at Spencer Gifts like a lot as a kid. <laughs> anyway, oh, back man. to the electors. Although I, <laughs> I did, I did love our little detour to Garfield Land because Garfield is great and terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the funniest parts of this whole thing was that one of the Michigan electors who got indicted <laughs> is is named uh, Misha Maddock, and apparently she really enjoyed. Uh, posting a bunch of uh, memes and gifts about how she was totally going to get arrested any day now. Like she had uh, a tweet from May 16th that said, Dem's waiting for my arrest. And it had a picture of a skeleton drumming its fingers, somberly waiting for her arrest. She's spooky posting. Yeah. She, (laughs) she made a lot of posts about how she was totally going to get arrested any day. Now you Dem's, you dumb libs, just keep waiting and I'll get arrested. And uh, now, of course, all of those threads are now being filled with people aggressively dunking on her because guess what? You did get arrested. So um, this segues into the fact that uh, Arizona had a slate of fake, elect- fake, fake electors. So, Haley, what's the story about Arizona's fake electors? What luminaries in the Arizona Republican Party might find themselves in a peck of trouble in the near future? Um, yeah, we were also one of the states that had a slate of fake electors who were like, hey, fuck you voters. 
how about we do Trump instead? This is very <laughs> exciting because it our fake electors include Kelly Ward and her husband, who was the previous Arizona Republican chair chairman. Um she has permanently fucked off to the beach and like international waters. <laughs> Um, but uh, she said seriously permanently fucked off to like sandals or some shit like having a vacation permanent vacation with her husband on their boat that they bought that they call American Honey Um, all she does now is post fo- like 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 travel photos and it's like uh, no you need to get back here <laughs> you need to get back here and answer for what you've done ma'am um so she and her husband were some of the fake electors. Uh, Jim Lehman, he's like this super rich piece of shit who ran here for Senate. Um, and he's also like a fucking billionaire or something. He's super rich. Uh, so uh, yeah, see ya. Fuck you too. Uh, I'm personally very excited also for Anthony Kern, who he stormed the Capitol and he was a representative here and then he was like not... And then he got reelected this last midterm um, as a state senator. But yeah, he totally stormed the Capitol and he sucks ass. He um, <clears throat> is just a, you know, piece of shit. He's always uh, bringing Turning Point USA people to board meetings to complain about LGBT students. Um, and also he's just an asshole. Also, he's a he was a a Brady listed cop, so he's a dirty ex cop, you know. So fuck him. Uh, also on the list is Tyler Boyer, um, who is the like second in command at Turning Point USA. He's the uh, him and Charlie have been fr- Charlie Kirk have been friends since they were kids, and like yeah, he's one of the leaders of Turning Point USA. And just has big political power here. And then another Turning Point USA guy that's on the list is also a state, uh, I think, senator here. Uh, he's a legislator here. Uh, Jake Hoffman. He sucks. He's not on social media because he ran a teenage Turning Point troll farm. And he, it was, it, he got banned basically on Facebook and Twitter and everything. So he's, uh, delegated to the realm of telegram but he still sucks he's always introducing these like you know let's ban books let's ban lgbt people type bills so those are all the people that are facing i mean there's more there's there's a there's a big there's a pretty big list but um that's some of the highlights um i'm looking forward to them possibly also getting charged because our attorney general is a democrat that was one of the seats that flipped that's actually news also in arizona is that uh abe hamaday who was the republican candidate against chris mays um he's he's also one of the people that's just been filing like infinite kraken cases trying to overturn that election um he just lost for like the third time again this week uh, and he's refiling. He's trying. He's gonna try again. He was the one that only lost by like less than three hundred votes. Uh, the one he was like the only race that was actually swung by COVID deaths in the AG. Remember that? Yes, I remember reading that article about how 
the the number of Republicans killed by COVID may have tipped an election, and it was only his. So yeah. yeah. Um. So they've been like really trying to, you know, do, you know they've been doing a lot of court cases with him too because it's like it, it's the AG that's going to file these charges. So it's like they really wish they got that election. They probably wish they uh, encouraged vaccines or masking a little bit more because. <laughs> Yep. That was a pretty fucking close race for two point, you know, five million voters. Um, yep. Also, Carrie Lake was just as unrelated. Just a few Arizona things that I think are funny that I think you would enjoy. Carrie Lake was sanctioned. Oh yeah, yeah, I mentioned that off off air that Carrie Lake once again got slapped by the Arizona courts for her, her shit. And, and also- Alan Dershowitz. Oh, yeah, the Dirsch was involved in that. And also, I've been reading about how Arizona and a bunch of other swing states are effectively broke because they've been running so many fucking lawsuits and spending yep. money on them that now they don't have actual money to run the 2024 campaigns. Yeah, it'll be funny. Yeah. Uh, they won't be able to hire, you know, anybody to help with their campaign. So we're going to get really shitty graphics. We're going to get really shitty everything. It'll be great. Um. Just like and, Hollywood for the next three years. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Okay, not, not, not that I'm saying I blame those people. I support No, yeah, yeah. But... I agree. Yeah, it's the worst content. I remember back at the last, like, writer strike, there was, like, an, there was some pretty bad shit coming out at that time. <laughs> Even before the, we the support you joined we support the strike, I was just like, hey, get ready for a lot of shitty TikTok, quote-unquote, talent to suddenly get, like, a TV show. Cause it's coming, baby. You're you're about you're about to see like, you know. Remember Ninja? No. Well, guess what? He's got a new TV show all of a sudden. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff's gonna be happening for sure. Cause that's how this obviously works. I mean, maybe, it's... maybe, maybe people will start trying to make esports a thing again. It's just like ah, oh. it's hilarious. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, hey, anyway, I'm all in favor of watching Street Fighter Six uh, tournaments on my TV. I'm okay with that. Yeah, so. but I mean, it's it's like it's growing. Like, you know, over like steadily over time in small numbers, like, you know, uh, for a while there, everybody, these big companies were losing their mind. They were just like, well, we'll just throw cash at it and make it popular overnight, like really popular. And it's just like, no, no, you're not. (laughs) It's still video games, man. What are you talking about? Anyway. (laughs) Yes. I do think it's funny that like right wingers are like, obviously like, oh, I hope you guys strike forever. Um, When it's like, (laughs) like Carrie Lake you know and wendy rogers and it's like they make half their fucking personality around movies carrie lake's book literally opens up with the matrix line and like she has a whole chapter just talking about movies in the 80s and how things used to be good back in the day like you guys love movies shut up fuck off oh yeah we were supposed to talk about carrie lake at the bush but then i got distracted by my peach delivery it's okay we could talk about carrie lake at the end it's a carrie lake uh extravaganza right at the end she owes one hundred and twenty two thousand for wasting the court's time on one case so she's probably got more sanctions coming fincham was also involved in that and the dirsch um and fincham has recently moved to phoenix mark fincham uh, the cowboy QAnon Secretary oh, of State candidate, yeah, the the guy who the guy that had like fucking Honey Badger as his online persona. Yeah, he's had that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, he has a jacket that literally says Honey Badger on the back. But anyway, speaking of, speaking of cowboy and QAnon, what, what the fuck happened to Rod? 
We haven't talked about Rod in what feels like a hundred millennia. Is he dead? He said he's going to go back to posting. Oh, he did that? No, no, probably. (laughs) Oh, I mean, well, the thing is, is that Ron was always kind of just like the quiet, like, worker bee of the two between him and Jim, the nut job who wanted to be the flamboyant owner of the chance. And Jim was the one who really wanted the attention. Like, Ron was just sort of, like, content with being... Uh, just the guy that works on the project. Then Ron got bit by the uh, celebrity bug and tried to get on OAN as the expert about Dominion. But it feels like Ron like, and flew- run for office. Let's not yeah. forget. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, that was great. I feel like Ron just flew too close to the sun. It was like, yeah, fuck all that shit. I'll he did recently back- post that he's gonna. He's like, I'm getting all my accounts together so I can um, start posting again. Classic, oh, classic Ronnie Icarus. That's what we've always called him. Yes. <laughs> and richly deserved. Richly deserved Ronnie Icarus. Yeah, good old, good old wax wing Ron, we always said, which <laughs> yes. is like, which is fun because it's also a tongue twister. And if you fail it, like, you know, you, you, sound, you sound ridiculous. You sound like, a, uh, what's the name there? Porky Pig or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Back to Carrie Lake. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Helen Dershowitz is like, I don't want to get fined. I wasn't part of this case, and it's like, dog, you're her lawyer. <laughs> um, so uh, they, it, part of the like, you know, s- the case was like citing instances of Carrie like tweeting and talking about him being part of the case. So it's like, dog, you're part of the case. Shut up. So he also is fined. And then, like I said, Fincham just moved to Phoenix, supposedly. He wants to run against Stephen Richer, the recorder, the the guy that Carrie Lake had that weird fantasy chapter about where she was kidnapped by in her book. Okay, great. <laughs> um, he's the recorder here. He's kind of like enemy number one with the Republicans here because, you know, he didn't overturn my favorite part about democracy. having Haley on the podcast is that uh you know in the, like the regular show mike is in the driver's seat with all the knowledge because that's <laughs> the point because the rest of us like sort of are tuned out but when Haley's here sometimes she'll say stuff that is like specific to arizona that causes mike to have that same glossy eyed deer and headlights look that i usually have <laughs> when we're talking about a thing where it's just like oh i usually don't see that for mike where it's clear that mike just doesn't know what the fuck is being talked about i like nope. to send mike a lot of brain rot stuff like unrelated to arizona too have you seen um i love ice cream so good ice cream so good yum yum oh, yum I- I, I know I know about. Oh the my god! Are you talking about the Twitter thing. real thing or whatever? Yeah, the yeah. the NPC like girl girlies. Yeah, that's Ice cream uh, so good. That's that's a pretty strange new feeling like a cowgirl fetish thing. I mean, it has to that 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 only has legs for sexy purposes, right? It's like half sexy, half like this is funny, right? Like, what else do I do here? I guess, but that's a lot of money to be spending for. It's just... not. It's only one cent to do a lot of the actions. So if you oh, already have like okay. credits, it's like, okay, I'll just do this, see how long I can make her go like yum yum yum, ice cream so good. You know? I also said well, but I feel okay, fair enough. I didn't know that it was that cheap. That's actually pretty economical. He yeah, says. some yeah. are like more expensive, like when she does like, Oh, oh you course. got me feeling like a cowgirl. Like, uh, those are more expensive. I've been Pinky Doll is the main one that kind of people have seen. Um, with the popcorn on the hair straightener. Um 
I feel like in order to make money on that, you really need your horny whales to be doing the big emotes over and over again. Because otherwise, at like one cents an emote, oh my God, can you imagine the strain on your voice? <laughs> I've seen some that are like, because it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, GTA NPCs, you know, like they only have limited actions that you can you spam. Know, you know, this is the sort of thing that we like, I don't think that I have it in me to do it. And I certainly, <laughs> don't have, I certainly don't have the money to like make it look good. But I feel like if you got like a voice actor or somebody with a real good voice and like a nice like setup that looked like a tavern or whatever, you had to dress up like a wizard in front of like a crystal ball or whatever, and you'd just be like, now we're really talking about NPC shit. Like you go in there and you pay him an emote, like here's your one cent emote. He's just like, hello, wayward traveler. Yeah, <laughs> you know? do like, like a meme one. Yeah, I've seen like, some guys doing like racist ones. You know, it's like, oh, I just say bad thing, bad thing, but I'm gonna, bad thing. Let's see how many legs. <laughs> let's see how much legs it has without the sexy part at all. I'm not talking about sexy wizard. Yeah. I'm talking about regular ass wizard or bartender or just like, hey. Get a group of people that are talented together. They could do a whole little fictional town that you could you pour your money into by making like it is kind of cosplay. Like some of it's got cosplay aspect. Like one of the uh, NPC girlies does like cosplay with it, so it's like supposed to be a bit more like an NPC character. Yeah, if that I mean, makes that, sense. That are you cool okay, Mike? You look like your brain's kind of frying. No, I'm just I'm just letting I'm just letting this wash over me like a waterfall. I'm just, <laughs> it. I'm just like I, I. It's just one of these things where I'm like, how did we even get here? But we're here, so it's just. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about how we started discussing this, uh, I don't but remember. you know, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just threw it in there. I was like, hey, this is something I've been looking at. <laughs> That's usually the same vibe that Sarge brings at the table. We're always getting distracted talking about horse shit. I'm sure that the listeners who only care about the QAnon and conspiracy related stuff are just, God, these fucking clowns again. With the fucking it's shit. the internet. It's a big <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah, it's a melting pot. Welcome you know? to the internet. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I try not to judge people like that, like the NPC girls or the people that support them. Uh, and I mostly succeed. But part of me does fail in the same way that it fails, like the, the OnlyFans revolution. It's just like, oh boy, that has just changed the temper of a lot of internet discourse in a way that I don't like. Get the bag. Yeah, but at the end <laughs> of the day, get the bag for sure. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. That's why I say, like, you know, at least 90% success rate on being able to just be like, yeah, you know, do your thing. Do we do the thread that I did just right before I got on here? You said I should do that one. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we're heading into the mailbag now. All right, let's just do that. We'll do it next week on our Arizona episode. Okay, because I, I think that yeah, I think that thread is very uh, weedy. That's very in the weeds. So people, the people are going to need some un- un- understanding lead time for that. Where's my mic? Oh, oh. thumbs up. <laughs> now, that that thumbs up into your webcam was for the listener. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, theater of the mind. And, and for uh, the, the, tune in next d- week, listener. For our double secret our double secret Patreons that get the video feed. Yes. Oh God, that'd be so great. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's find our way into the mailbag, I guess. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q and A. Uh, Stephanie, who is co-hosting with me on the bonus podcast stuff about 9-11, asks if she if we think that Sound of Freedom will actually inspire there to be like real world violence with like the weird stuff about checking up on kids and all yes. that. Yeah. I, th- I think it's kind of inevitable because if you start if you start instigating shit with parents of stressed out kids, that parent's probably pretty stressed out and it's not going to go well. It's, it's just feeding out- a paranoia that's already kind of there 
and telling you, yes, you are correct. There are enemies lurking at every corner trying to take your child. You should be fearful of every interaction you ever fucking have. Um, and also, like, people were, like, freaking... There was, like, Bud Light freakouts in stores, you know? People, like, saw Bud Light and were like, I'm gonna destroy this. Like, this is a bit of more of a sensitive subject. Like, there's definitely gonna be some shit. Uh, just a matter of what, when, and where. Yep, pretty much. I don't see... I don't see how this goes over smooth. Everything has a cause and effect. Yeah. We've got a hard-ass shirtless action star to emerge that can channel these people's fucking rage back to, you know, like what is currently an actual enemy of us, Russia. They have been an enemy in the past when everybody loved it in the eighties. They're an enemy now. And for some reason, all these people that are too concerned to dealing with this horse shit or not dealing with this horse shit. Cause at the end of the day, none of them are actually going to do anything to stop human trafficking, uh, including just donating money. Is it ever going to happen? Absolutely not. No, you're supposed um, to buy a ticket. Yeah. They'll donate money to other, have to have other people watch this movie, I guess, in the hopes yeah. that they too will donate tickets to see the movie. And at some point up the chain until somebody does something. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, if they were to channel that, like, imagine if they were channeling that financial power into Ukraine, helping to defend themselves against Russia, for instance, who's an actual bad guy and tons of atrocities on the board. If you want to look at them, I mean, you know, just take a look at Russia. They're not great. Yeah. Never have yep. been. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, one of, the, I, one of the other great things that's happened as a result of this movie is legitimate anti-trafficking organizations like Polaris Project are now being attacked by QAnon and the right for being Podesta associated and all kinds of shit like that. And guess what? No, there these people there there are actual anti-human trafficking organizations that are out there that exist that do good work. And if you guys would just, I don't know, stop harassing them or maybe look into them, maybe you could actually do something. But no, as Haley's been saying, at the end of the Sound of Freedom movie, Jim Caviezel's like, buy somebody a ticket so they can see this film. It's like, how's that going to stop human trafficking? What the fuck are you? Jesus. Fuck yeah, how about, buddy. hey, donate, donate to this anti-human trafficking place. Oh. How about that? Yeah, how about that? How about you give some money to someone who's actually fighting this, this fight for you instead of just pay, pay someone to see my fucking movie? Oh, my God. I just, and you know what? Maybe that was a conversation they had, and maybe somebody was like, hey, we did the research, and it turns out that people are more likely to donate money to have other people see this movie. And they were just like, okay, well, we'll just ignore that that's not going to do anything, and uh, we will get that bag, you know? And then they elbow <laughs> us. And I remember yeah. get that bag, and it's just like, yeah, you know. Like, they've sold over uh, almost 9 million tickets. That Let's go low-end, $10 a ticket. That's like... Like, that's a lot of money that could have gone not to a movie, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it could have gone to some better things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would certainly be like, I mean, imagine a world where like this movie with its, you know, sub $20 million budget comes out, does between 100 and $150 million at the box office. And that's all domestic because worldwide they don't go fuck about this movie, uh, I'm assuming. And then, uh, you know, like at the end of it, it spreads awareness for an actual like you know list of places that people could donate to or like hey do your research we know you love doing your own research so do your research on these places find out which one works for the best for you and do what jesus would do and donate your money to this stuff instead of getting those new boots or whatever you know donate to this instead of doing that that'd be great it's just going to the future tim ballard lawsuits yes way to go thank you <laughs> so great <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sorry for that grim news there, Stephanie. Oh, uh, yeah. we, Galaxy we love you. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I don't think I chimed in. My <laughs> answer is like, yes, but small. Yes. I think that, you know, it will, it will cause some people to get a little antsier than normal, but I don't think it's going to cause like a rash of violence or anything. 
Yeah, I guess There'll be like I one or two incidences that could pro- possibly be traced out to like, oh, they saw this movie at one point within the past month. So it's just feeding the paranoia of trafficking that people already have. Yeah, it, what, yeah. What, what it's doing is actually like it's it's doing like larger culture damage that pushes stuff in that in that way. Yeah. Uh, Justin asks, uh, "What favorite actor to play Superman?" <laughs> I don't watch superhero movies. Sorry. Oh, uh, Superman's oh Super been around for forever. I, I mean, don't watch superhero movies. Just, just not into him. Just absolutely aggressively anti-Superman. Just fuck that guy. So, jeez, <laughs> uh, I what's his name? I'm trying to remember. I like I don't actually remember the name of the guy. Yeah, my, my cop out answer is the guy who did the voice in the DC Superman animated show. Uh, oh yeah. But if we're talking live action, then I mean Chris Reeves not close. Yeah, he's one of the only guys who like got. You know, I feel like casting a guy who was fit but not buff was important to sell the fact that he could believably act like a Clark Kent and that no one would ever question his deal. Because if you get somebody like Henry Cavill, who's like a shredded Adonis, like literally one, like somebody who some folks might be like, that is the pen. That's what the pinnacle of male form should look like. That's pretty close. Right. But, you know, no matter what suit or whatever you're putting him in, at some point he's going to stretch back too far at the daily planet. And someone's going to notice that he's just shaped like, like God himself. And they're going to start asking all these weird questions or like, <laughs> heaven forbid they ever see him like, you know, not, slouched over like Quasimodo or whatever other shit he would have to do to hide it at all. So uh, I think like, and and like physicality aside, uh, well, physical looks aside, like his physicality was great. He clearly played a different Clark Kent to Superman. And then, uh, you know, I just feel like he had like a wholesome charm to him. That's been missing from a lot of iterations of the character. Yeah. I I want to see a a world. I wanted to live in the dimension where Henry Cavill had a good Superman movie to be in. (laughs) Because he certainly looked like the Superman. So the other stuff I'd be willing to forgive if the movies he was in were good, which they were not. Yes. I I was gonna say Christopher Reeves is head and shoulders the best. And that's the and the and the problem is is that it's just so weird that people just haven't been able to figure out how to make a Superman movie that isn't dog shit. I mean, you have tons of source material, you have a lots of ways to play the character, and no one in modern times has gotten in the ballpark of quote unquote not bad which is very interesting. I wonder how much of it is studio interference and how much of it is people not like, because Superman has a, has a cheesy wholesomeness to him and you can't, you can't sand off that part of Superman and still have it be Superman. You know, it's like, but I feel like studio involvement might just be like, Hey, audiences don't really like to see like a cheesy cornball, like truly like lawful good, like character they just got sort of think it's boring or whatever and i don't know i mean at the end of the day it's up to the studio and the writers and the directors to figure out that problem because you know like they're the ones choosing to bring superman to the big screen but superman has and always will be like a cheesy ding dong all the comic books where they make up like some sort of self-serious asshole like they just fall flat everybody likes it better when it's like all like you know all-star superman or whatever where he's you know taking time out of his busy day to talk a girl out of committing suicide because he's like, that's pretty great. Like, you know, I'm Superman. Hey, what's going on? I'll listen. I'll hear you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm I'm here to talk. I'm here to feel your pain. I'm I'm a sensitive, caring Superman. I'm a good guy. Yeah. yeah. And I absolutely wouldn't be shocked if James Gunn does a scene similar to that in uh in his forthcoming movie. Uh just yeah. because like like it's a it's a great way to humanize the character of Superman. Yeah. To have somebody just be like, What the fuck is wrong with you? Like you could be like stopping an earthquake or something right now. And he's just like, Yeah, but you know, you're the one who's in trouble here, so I'm gonna talk to you. Like, you know, I, I'm supposed to save the people I can see in trouble, so let's yep. talk. Yep. Let's hash this out. Let's see why you're, why you're, why are you in a bad place right now? What can I do? What can I do to fix that? Yeah. Well, why do something like that when you can have a break a guy's neck at the end of the movie? <laughs> exactly. God. After blowing up his own town, he yeah. just like destroys, destroys his own city and then breaks a guy's neck the way Superman does. <laughs> yeah. Totally gets the character. So fucking good. Uh, anyhow, uh, pancake peasant asks, what's something that makes you proud to be an American? Uh, <laughs> um, so but weirdly anime because every <laughs> once in a while something will happen in an anime that will like uh, so proud to be an American is not maybe necessarily the best way to describe it but it wells up within me American pride when I see an anime and it's like g- great example there's a basketball show called Kuroko no Basket and uh you know it's just like the whole time i'm reading that comic there it's about like the best teenage basketball players in japan and because it's a manga slash anime they've all got like weird powers and stuff and the whole time i'm reading that i'm just like yo these kids might be hot shit in japan but you bring them to america dog and they're gonna get fucked up with the basketball game. They're, gonna get <laughs> they're just gonna get so they would just get they would get destroyed by like i like like reading that manga makes me want to it's just like damn dude like what do the kids in America look like? They must be insane. Uh, so I would say that weirdly, manga slash anime makes me proudest to be an American. <laughs> uh, I would say that just in gen- like my my sort of kumbaya pro America thing would be mostly just the fact that we have just multiculturalism in this country and that people from other nations can quote unquote become Americans. And I think that's something that's like very unique to our country where in general, if you emigrate to some place, you're still that guy from that country who now lives here. Whereas after you've been in America for a few years, it's like, Hey, that person is an American. So I just think that that is like kind of a different thing that America has going for it where other nations, not so much. So I, I just enjoy that. And I just kind of every now and then I'll be at the casino and I'll just like, see just like this wide swath of humanity of people. And I'm just like, Oh, look, we're America bringing all these cultures together to get angry at the crap stable, just freedom, democracy, all that good stuff. So I pass the floor over to Haley. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not like a nationalist. I'm not like, oh, I'm proud to be an American. Uh, but yeah, basically what Mike said, uh, I guess mostly, uh, I'm just not a borders person. So like, yeah, anyone who wants to come here should and, uh, should come here. And it's, uh, that's pretty dope. Uh, if you want to be an American, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm not really like super into like, um, patriotism uh let me think uh <laughs> oh if you hated this question get ready for the next one you're really gonna hate um that. 
I do like, uh, you know, just what you said. It's just like, I don't think it, you know, it needs to be like an American. You just have to think about petty shit. Like, bro, I got another one. You know what makes you proud to be an American? Anime. Best pizza. <laughs> Best pizza. Best pizza Is in the world. Is that true? I don't know. Best pizza Come at me. Anywhere. Come at me, oh. Italy. Best pie on the planet, the United States of America. I'd put it up against anybody in the world. America has a lot of natural beauty that, you know, like the um, Grand Canyon and... Um, I don't know, other fucking natural beauty. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of, like, big parking lots with, like, gas stations everywhere and, like, Walmarts everywhere, which is, you know, whatever. Um, Number one threat to the planet, baby. I guess convenience is... Uh, okay, I like that about America, I guess. <laughs> I do like a little bit of convenience. I'm a little bit lazy. There you go. That's my answer. That's the best I can do. I, I Yeah, hi. <laughs> America's good. Um, uh, okay. I like, uh, I like the, the, is this is what makes me proud to be an American. What was the question again? Uh, I, I think you answered it. I mean, if you want, if you want to continue to stumble on over and over again, coming up, with uh, like, I like the chaos of America. It's a little bit, maybe, 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 this is how we find, maybe this is how we have like a patriotic awakening instead of Haley. <laughs> what a way to end the podcast. I'm not. I'm the. I, I'm anti-nationalist. I'm big anti-national. Anyway, go ahead. And what's the next question? The next question. <laughs> uh, Lee Trim Buffalo asked, "What is something that makes you proud to be an Arizonian?" <laughs> I love how this person is clearly just a Haley fan because obviously the other two of us. Like the last time I lived in Arizona, I was two or three years old, living in a trailer that was traveling in a carnival. So I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, this was this was a this was a Haley, this was a Haley exclusive question, and given how aggressively she fumbled the bag about the America question, I was like, oh man, this is going to go exactly no good places. That was a good question. Uh, what makes me, fr- um, you know, I'm not much of a nationalist, <laughs> and that applies to the state level. I think people get a little weird about states, too. It's like, don't California my Arizona. It's like, whoa, calm down. And then they start to get like, we're going to put a border in between California and Arizona. I just try to avoid this, like, downroad of state nationalism also, if that makes sense. I'm I'm taking these questions too literally. Um, I like <laughs> Arizona for the food. Arizona's got good food. People always talk about Mexican food. Um. Like, the competition is always like, oh, is it California or Texas? It's fucking Arizona, bro. It's Arizona. Also, New Mexico gets left off that conversation a lot when they have the green chilies. That's lit. Food. I don't know a lot about a lot, but I do know that saying that Arizona has better Mexican food than California is probably what would be considered a hot take. So I'm glad it you is a hot it. take. I'm it's fine. I have no, I have no dog it. in the race. I, I do not give a fuck personally, but there's I know a that, lot like, of good Mexican food here. The general consensus is that California is where Mexican food is king in America. <laughs> yeah, I know, 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 I know. It's okay. People are always wrong about people are always wrong about barbecue as well. I've said it before and I've said it again. There are a lot of people, specifically in the state of Texas, that think their barbecue is the best in the world. <laughs> I'll be the judge shit. of that soon. They're, they're full of seven shades of shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to be disappointed by Texas barbecue, given all else. Like well, I mean, it's still barbecue. So, don't, like, you know, don't, don't, do don't let me what do you mean? barbecue as a whole. But it's just like, you know, it's not. I kind of, I'm kind of, I kind of don't do well with sauce, barbecue sauce anyway. It was like maple syrup allergy or something. 
and See, well, that, that, that's, and... that's the thing. I mean, good, good barbecue like is good before you sauce it, and then the sauce makes it better if you're a sauce fan, or you just leave it off mm. if you're not. So, yeah, and also vinegar based sauces are way better than any of that sloppy shit, anyhow. <laughs> well, I'll be the judge of that. Mike and I are going to Dallas for those of you who don't know. We we talked about that earlier in the pod. Did we? we? I thought we were yes. off talk. I thought no. we were off pod. When we, 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 were, we, were, we were everywhere all the he time. We can tell you all about our parody Nickelback song we wrote about that place like a decade ago or longer, oh, 50 years oh, ago. Yeah. Oh, yep. That was brutal. That was uh, <laughs> that was pretty intense. Uh, maybe one day we'll make a cover of it. It'll be great. We'll do karaoke night. It'll be really dark, really dark karaoke. If anyone has <laughs> suggestions what I should go see in Texas, tell me. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Galaxy Brain asks, uh, while Haley is on the show, could you ask her what she thinks of Curry Lake's chances of being Trump's vice president are? Can, <laughs> he, can he overlook her loser stink? Uh, Haley, what do you think the chance of Carrie Lake being Donald Trump's vice president are? <laughs> can he overlook her loser stink? Well, he's overlooking his own stink by running himself because he lost. Um, so, yeah, I think he can overlook her stink. He doesn't want like uh, a... he didn't lose. He actually won by like eighty three point seven percent. Well, also she didn't lose. Then then she didn't lose. She's a big fat winner. She's a big yeah, winner. She's a winner. Dude, that's the primary selling point of being part of the American Republican Party is that you never lose. You're capable of losing. You're like Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, that's the two like. Uh, but also, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want like a Mike Pence who's going to be like, no, actually, we have to follow the rules, sir. He wants somebody who's like anything you want, sir. Let me kiss your ass, sir. Um, and that's Carrie Lake that. by like to a T. Have you seen that photo of her before a Trump rally here where she was vacuuming the carpet before he walked out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. Yeah, that was people were talking about it being like servant leadership and all these other weird ways to describe well, she dressed her. like a 1950s housewife. And she was so, just dressed like a modern housewife it, tight dress. Mm. Mm. No, I didn't see this, unfortunately. <laughs> i'll send it to you um but yeah she's just a top ass kisser she's trying so hard she's practically living at mar-a-lago right now um there was a turning point event in florida this weekend and they held like a poll of the crowd and carrie lake was the top pick for who they wanted to be vice president she's just um really trying to get that spot um i hope honestly that she keeps stringing along both the like oh maybe i'll run for senate um thing because mark lamb who's the republican like candidate <laughs> to replace cinema it's like gallego lamb and um cinema so far uh he's not doing so good in fundraising and i think it's because people are waiting for carrie lake they're like well we're not going to donate to lamb because carrie lake's gonna run so he's doing awful in fundraising which is great he sucks. Um, so, yeah. I don't care. I hope Carrie Lake gets it because why not at this point, you know? <laughs> we, you want her to get it because then you can get a gold boat. That's what this is all about. If, I if, literally if, don't get any money. I don't get paid for anything. Nobody's going to pay me still. I but, will pay you. I will send you a crisp twenty dollar bill for Carrie Lake. Oh, that's, being nice. that, that, that's how I feel about this podcast. You know, I never, I never see a red cent from this podcast. We're we're yeah. making Mike Rains rich over there, and I'm over here yeah. fighting for for, for scraps, <laughs> trying to build an Iron Man suit. You know, I guess I don't hope yes. she gets it. I just, I'm pretty sure she's gonna get it. I'm like ninety eight percent sure. Oh God, 
Either way, uh, she's going to run for something probably over and over again until she just kind of burns that out or commits too many crimes. Um, <laughs> I can only hope. So, yeah, she'll probably my my personal opinion is she'll get it. If Who knows, though? You know, Trump oh, yeah. might pick some square. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the governor of South Dakota, Neom, that lady. Oh yeah. Because I, I, I just think that Trump's scared of someone upstaging him. Like if he picks Kerry Lake to be vice president, doesn't he need that right now? <laughs> he, well, I, I, he does, but I think he's just so ignorant, and such a crippling narcissist that like if he picks Lake, there's going to be this just month of Lake vice president, and then Trump's going to be like, "What the fuck? I'm running for president now. I'm being overshadowed by her. This is bullshit. Oh, talk about me, damn it!" And they're gonna like like lock Carrie Lake in a closet for a month and just have Trump do all these rallies by himself when he's not in court fighting off his crime charges so I just think that that's what I, I just, actually want to see is Carrie Lake's reaction when she doesn't get the nomination that would be interesting but I, I would love to be a fly in that room <laughs> go under go undercover become like a become like an aide, become an aide, <laughs> yeah. aide. get on the staff work your way in uh so uh, anyways uh, that brings us to our qu- final question as always what are you guys looking forward to oh my god i always forget this gets asked <laughs> uh that's all right i'll start because i am doing the trendiest kitschiest thing that anyone could be doing this weekend barbie? in the year of our lord 2023 even better than barbie oh. even better than oppenheimer i'm doing barbenheimer we're going <laughs> both yeah <laughs> We're not doing it the same night, but I am going to see Oppenheimer in the full IMAX experience uh, at our local, like, full-size IMAX theater. You got the big 600-pound uh, film roll at yours? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, like actual actual film IMAX theater. And then the uh, following night, we are going to see Barbie. <laughs> so that will be a fun weekend of nonsense. <laughs> I'm so not really a movie person, too, and I'm looking forward to both of these. So it's like rare movie weekend. I was really excited to see Oppenheimer in the IMAX experience because I'm not like I'm one of those guys who's just like I don't really like Christopher Nolan all that much. I think he's very overrated, uh, but I do respect that he generally makes like very like good films at the very least, uh, and sometimes great films. So I was like really excited to see Oppenheimer in this because he was just like oh you got to see it at IMAX that's the way. It's-. So I'm just like okay for the first time ever I'm fully buying in. I'm going to the IMAX theater. I'm gonna fucking give you a shot. I love the cast. Like, blow me away, Chris Nolan. Here's your here's your shot. Uh, so I was excited going into it, and then they were just like, "Oh yeah, by the way, there's like uh, there's like sex and nudity between Killian uh, Murphy and Florence Pugh." And I was like, "I'm gonna get to see Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh naked in this movie? That's incredible! Interesting, interesting, and, interesting And it's really funny me. to me because uh, the last one of the last IMAX movies I went to go see at that same theater was Watchmen. And one of the selling points of us going to see that particular movie at the IMAX experience was, yeah, there's going to be like a big, like 12 foot dog swinging around on the screen. <laughs> That'll be pretty funny. Like we were going to see that movie anyway. So we were like, might as well go to the dog theater. So <laughs> it's like, when I want to see a huge dog, I go to this particular IMAX theater. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's where we, hopefully like before the, that movie they'll like play some sort of weird Republican attack ad against against Hunter Biden, and we'll just you'll just get to have that on the screen first before we get to Oppenheimer directly. Look at this monster! It'll be like him water sliding into a pool, and I'll be like, oh, what a 
asshole. I don't know. Yeah, boo. I'm a cool guy. I, I would I would never vote for that guy's dad to be president. No way. No yeah. way. What the fuck do I care? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay, so Haley, you are up now. The pressure mounts. Um, I said Barbie last week, but I'm. I guess I'll expand on it, and I'm looking forward to the Barbie core that it's going to inspire. You know, all the all the Barbie outfits, all the pink, uh, like hyper maximalist aesthetic. I have a pretty crazy Barbie outfit that I got working up for when I go. So I'm excited for the uh, looks. I feel bad that it might not have the impression that it would in a different year, because now, unfortunately, both Barbie and Oppenheimer are like are in the unenviable position of being expected to just be like, all right, they're the last two. Like, this is going to go down as a historically bad summer for cinema in terms of like the ticket sales. Like, everyone's movie is bombing, so it's just like the last great hope of cinema for 2023 is Oppenheimer and Barbie. And it's just like, I don't know if it's fair to expect them to like, like just because, because Indiana Jones did bad, you're expecting it's just like, well, you know, Barbie's got to make the pick up the slack. It's time for Barbie to make that extra $300 million, you know? It's like, Barbie's not a billion dollar movie. Are you in your fucking mind? <laughs> I'm going to watch it a billion times. So you're oh, I, I, I'm really excited for it. I always say, <laughs> like, I have been to announce the initial casting, but like, I'm just saying, like, that's not what, it's not Avengers Endgame. Like, it's not Avatar 3. It's Barbie. Right. It, yeah, it, it's, this is not something that exists as a movie vehicle to just sell a million tickets. It's, this is not something you expect from Barbie. Barbie is a cultural touchstone on a different wavelength than just ma- massive summer blockbuster hit. It's just really strange that it's that's just like. just girl media. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Dolls, action figures. It's gonna do great. Barbie, Barbie core. <laughs> hey, I mean the the trailer makes it look uh pretty much like the Lego Movie. In fact, exactly like the Lego Movie. And the Lego Movie is great. So I'm, I'm expecting big things from Barbie. I love the cast. Uh, you know, uh, for for me, it's a weird moment where. You know, the movie is expected to help save Hollywood, but I am looking at it specifically to be like, is Simu Liu a movie star? Like, he's fine. He was fine in Shang-Chi and he was fine, like, you know, in his television, quote unquote, role on uh, Kim's Convenience or whatever. But I'm just like, does he have the the amount of riz necessary to be like, boom, a movie star? I think this will help me suss that out because I'm on the (laughs) fence about it, honestly. What are you looking for, to Mike? Uh, the fact that I found out that there's actually a second episode of Justified City Primeval that came out uh, at the same time as the, the, the pilot episode came out. Uh, I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, that was solid. I'm happy that Justified is back on my television. And then I found out, wait, I can have another episode delivered to me immediately. And I found that out like five minutes before the podcast. And I was like, oh shit, I can't delay the podcast. But now after the podcast is over, boom, another hour of Justified. So that is a good thing for me. I am enjoying that because, uh, it was a great show back in the day, and now I get a limited run series. So I'm I'm a, I'm a favor of this, and I don't know. I'm I might see Barbie or Oppenheimer this weekend. I have no idea. I've just 
I'm not a movie person, as we brought it before. I was dragged to the Sound of Freedom because it's like my stupid research job. But beyond that, like the media I've consumed that, that is scripted is very minimal. So actually having a TV show I like come back from the grave after years and years of having not existed is like a plus. I am a fan of this. Nice. Yeah, it's always exciting when that happens. And I'm happy for you, bud. I never watched Justify, but I know a lot of people who say it's great. So yeah. I like Timothy yeah. Elephant. He's like a, he's he's a affable seeming charismatic guy. I'm not yeah. confused when I see him in movies, you know, or or on TV. Yeah. For that yeah. It's Timothy Elephant, of course. Yeah. And we were also in the middle of apparently a Babylon 5 renaissance because J. Michael Straczynski made a post recently where he was like, there was one executive at the company, I think we're Warner Brothers, he was like one executive who just hated Babylon 5, would not allow it to be in, the, which like would just block anything. And apparently that guy just retired. So now apparently like, all this stuff is like potentially going to happen with that series. So just keep bringing stuff back from the grave, folks. Make my day. That'd be great. Also very exciting for Mike. I couldn't yes. be to care about Babylon 5, even as a child. My father tried so hard. He was like, hey, <laughs> way, to go, Babylon pa- 5. way to go, Papa L. You had good taste. I appreciate you. Yeah, I was too young to care about hard sci-fi. Like, it, like I wasn't young enough to get into it just because it was any type of sci-fi, and like, like I did with Star Trek, which I also wouldn't have cared about if I got jumped into it in like 1996. Uh, but uh, like, so I was kind of in the the weird anti Goldilocks spot where I was right in the middle, where it was just like there was no way I was caring about that show at the time. I was like, get this out of here if it's not like a ninja with a ray gun or whatever, because I'm ten. <laughs> all right so that's going to do it for our show for the week thank you everybody for listening and for supporting us with your precious ear holes and thank you uh very much to Haley for uh writing the co-pilot chair uh in sergeant's absence uh we'll point out where you can find Haley on the social media later on in the outro just Uh, arizona right watch just look around yeah (laughs) listen to her she can't even be bothered she's she's like you know what it doesn't bother if you don't don't even look for me at all you know what are we (laughs) she's getting deep into buddhism she's like you know i am simultaneously nothing and everything you dig i have no enemies Venland saga anyway uh yes once again thank you for listening to the show if you want to support the show you could do it even harder for free by giving us a thumbs up or a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. If you have money and you want to give it to us, we will take it. You can visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pokerpolitics and donate some money to the cause. Anybody who donates $5 or more every month gets access to our slate of bonus content, which includes all sorts of shit. Uh, Mike, I believe you've currently been doing like a like a spinoff show uh, with, uh, uh, w- with a special guest about 9-11. Yeah, yeah, me and Stephanie, aka Existential Dreads, we're doing a show where we review loose change. We cover the 9-11 conspiracy theories, and hopefully that's enjoyable and you guys can listen to it. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Uh, the, the, the latest, freshest bonus content for our uh, beautiful babies at $5 or more uh, per month. Uh, this week, we have some new uh, folks entering the crib, so thank you very much. Uh, oh, boy, this is Michaelo, Michaelo. My impulse is to say Michaelo, uh, uh, <laughs> but that that was a puzzler. Uh, and Dr. Helno, who are uh, joining uh, at $5 and uh, joining at $2 is our long-named friend stumbling down the socio-media path. So thank you all of you folks for your kind donations, uh, and we uh, really do appreciate it. And, you know, well, most of all, we appreciate that it seems to indicate that you like what we're doing here. So that that makes us feel very good. 
if you have money and you don't want to give it to a couple of dickheads and occasionally their friend Haley, you can do some good with it by donating it to love146.org, an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation. See, Mr. Cavizial, it's pretty fucking easy. We managed to do it at the end of all of our episodes and we have like no reach. So what's your fucking excuse? Thanks as always to DJ Minimal Effort uh, for the use of our intro song. Uh, no social media for DJ Minimal Effort, one and evolved guy. Uh, thanks to our buddy Frosty, who you can find on Twitter at FrostyVO for all of our voiceover work. Uh, thanks again to Haley, our special co-host for the week, who you can find, I believe, at AZ underscore RWW. Is that correct? Generally, sometimes you get rid of the underscore. Just look around. There you go. That combination of letters and hope you land in the right place. Haley, pretty chill about the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, you can find us, that is to say the show that you're listening to right now on Twitter, at Hellworld with a Q instead of an O for the time being until we find a suitable replacement for Twitter, which does suck. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter, at L Sarge, who is normally around but is uh, currently being dragged to the bottom of a lake by Jason Voorhees, at Sergeant Hell, and Mike Reigns is, of course, at Poker Politics. So for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hellworld podcast, I have been one of your hosts, the Mysterious L. Joined this week, special, by Haley, Arizona Right Wing Watch, and of course our expert in all things QAnon crazy, Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, patriots!